The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Meditation doesn't have to be a solo practice. Meditation is more fun with friends. Looking for a way to drop in and hang out at the same time? Join us online at Omega Institute for a meditation party with self-proclaimed meditation nerds Dan Harris, host of the 10% Happier podcast, Sabene Selassie and Jeff Warren. This three-day retreat will stream live from Omega's Hudson Valley Campus, May 17th to 19th. Don't miss the party. Reserve your spot at eomega.org slash party today. Empower Radio presents The Miracle of Healing with Lisa Campion. Meet healers, learn different modalities, and hear empowering stories of people on their healing journey. The Miracle of Healing on Empower Radio. Here's your host, Lisa Campion. Hello, I'm Lisa Campion, and this is The Miracle of Healing on Empower Radio, where conscious people come together to explore the world of healing and heal the planet one person at a time. And what if your love life was like a perfectly aged wine, vibrant and full of life? We have today here author and vintner Bonnie Mayer as we discuss her beautiful story of love, loss, passion, and grief set in the romantic era of the Napa Valley as it rose to world-renowned fame as a wine center. Um, And this is a beautifully sweet story that um, Bonnie really shares deeply in her book, Perfectly Paired, um, how the process of love and life and loss polished her just like a fine wine. And we're, um, we're lucky to have Bonnie. She's very accomplished. She is the principal of the Mayer Family Enterprises, which is an investment company dedicated to the regeneration of the planet and society. And she, she and her husband, Justin, were the owners of Silver Oak Cellars um, in the Napa Valley um, for a long time. And that's sort of the, what the center of her book is about. So welcome so much to the show today, Bonnie. Thank you very much, Lisa. Good to be here with you. Yeah, thank you. So um, how did you tell us a little bit about how you came to write this beautiful book that's about loving and losing your husband, Justin? Uh, actually, uh, when I met, when I first met Justin, he was a monk. And so many people asked me to write the story of our meeting and our romance and how and why he left the monastery. So that's what, uh, so for decades, people have been urging me to write that story, which I didn't actually want to write. I figured this is my private story. I don't need to share this. And mm. then one day I realized that in, in, I, in sharing that story, I also gave me an opportunity to talk about things I really cared about, which encompass you know, that I really believe that we all deserve um, a phenomenal and extraordinary relationship, uh, which was very obvious to others in, in my relationship with Justin. And I, from my point of view, it's actually fairly simple. And, and yet it seems so elusive. I also mm-hmm. gave me an opportunity to talk about the alchemy of love and grief and the transformative opportunity that that diving into both love and grief um, are are for all of us. Yeah, I really loved how you started out your 
book that way, talking about alchemy, which is one of my favorite topics, sort of the process of transformation and how wine is a process of alchemy too. It's sort of this mysterious like grapes and the yeast on the skin of the grapes activate, begins a fermentation process and um, that, that love and loss and wine were this beautiful sort of allegory of your life together. That's, yeah, that's exactly right. In fact, I didn't re realize this um, for a long time, but wine is a classic symbol of alchemy um, mm. for from time immemorial. And wow. because uh, alchemy in, in, a, in fairly simplistic terms is taking something ordinary and transforming it into something extraordinary. Right. And yeah, it's like wine, it literally changes the structure of it. It's like starts out as grapes right. and becomes wine and it's not the same thing as it was before. Yes, and especially at the hands of a of a great viticulturist and and enologist, it becomes, you know, there can be very much there's a lot of ordinary wine and, and grapes will mm. naturally ferment. Uh, but but you put it in the hands of of a, a magician, and and it can become something that extraordinary. What sometimes I, I talk about the nectar of the gods, you know, right. a, fa a fabulous wine is just out of this world. Yeah. And and going back to how you met Justin, um, I mean, it was quite amazing. Sort of this synchronicities that happened that lined up that you met. And he was he was a monk, and there was a while you were considering even becoming a nun. And we tell us a little bit about how you tempted him out of the monkhood. <laughs> the I did not, I, really, I did. I did. I didn't intentionally tempt him. <laughs> um, but here's here's basically how it went. We we met each other um, on his birthday. Uh, the young man that brought me to the, the party said, bring your guitar. Uh, Justin, brother Justin and I spent all night playing music as it turns out after, after the birthday dinner. And, and so we were instant friends, but we actually struggled for about five years. We, after a number of months, we kept spending time together. And after over a number of months, we realized we were in love with each other, but we couldn't and wouldn't do anything about it. And, mm -hmm. and just, we were dedicated to the idea that we weren't going to be together as a couple. And mm -hmm. in retrospect, uh, those five years, even though they, they were so difficult to really fully, uh, we were both fully open to each other in, in love and admiration and respect. And, and yet, you know, just also, again, focused on not knowing that we couldn't be together. That actually created a, an amazing, um, I think one of the reasons our, our relationship was extraordinary is it created this foundation of for our relationship that was based in non-attachment and mm -hmm. and since since then i really have learned from other traditions about the principles of non-attachment and uh and that that works so well and that doesn't matter what stage you are in your relationship how how many years you've been together and you can be with someone 
and love them absolutely completely without being attached. That's a recipe for beautiful alchemy and uh, extraordinary love. It really came through in your book um, that that you guys seemed like you were dedicated to allowing each other to fully be who you both were, um, even when could be problematic. For example, um, on the day that or the day before Justin passed away, you were sad that he wasn't taking care of his health. And he said, "Um, I am who I am. Like, I'm a person that I'm gonna live the way I'm gonna live, <laughs> and then die. Yeah. Um, he, he, uh, said, he said something that was un, uh, you know. He just looked at me and he says, "Don't you know who I am?" Hmm. <laughs> right? I mean, we had been married for for thirty years by then, and don't you know who I am? And and that really st- struck me and just blew apart this this concern legitimate concern I had for him and said yeah that's right that's who you are right wow and Mm -hmm. and you start the book by talking about how he passed and um and and sort of the beautiful signs and connections like your state of mind and the beautiful signs and connections that you had with him after he passed um is that something you you can share a little bit with us about what that was like for you Absolutely. I would love to share that. You know, and one reason is it gives, it gives other people hope um, mm-hmm. when they, when they're with a partner who they're losing to illness or have just lost a partner to know that, that the relationship continues and the connection continues. Uh, when Justin, Justin died suddenly of a heart attack. So neither one of us had warning any warning and when actually I could tell the moment that he he died and I had read books on near-death experience so I I really had enough even even in that tragic moment I had enough peace of mind to to have reverence for this spirit and to see and feel his spirit leaving his body Hmm. and and so his death as awful as it was was a um really a a sacred um very deeply sacred experience for me and then the next day my daughter had been away uh and she traveled i called her she traveled by plane to come home and that night I was sitting next, sitting on the bed next to her. She was in the bed where Justin usually would sleep. And we were quietly talking. And there was a, I, there was a little fountain in a niche across the room from where we were about 10 or 12 feet away. And as we were talking, a pebble from that, from that fountain flew across the room and landed at my feet. And oh, Holly wow. and I both looked down to the pebble and then we looked at each other. Then we looked down at the pebble again and looked at each other. We did, did that again a third time. And then Holly just looked at me and she said, hi, daddy. Mm. And it, it makes me cry every time I tell that story. Um, 
And we just knew, I mean, there's no other way, you know, that this pebble, we knew it was him. We knew it was him just saying, hi, I'm here. I'm here with you. And the very next morning, there was a, there was a hairdryer on the side of the bathroom wall. That was one of those old hotel hairdryers where you take the nozzle off and the hairdryer goes and you dry your hair. And Justin hated it because he was always hitting it with his elbow and it would, <laughs> the nozzle would come off. And that next morning, um, I, uh, was in the bathroom and, and the hairdryer started going and I thought, well, that's curious. So I take the nozzle off, put it back on and it's still going. And I do that a couple of times and I just shrug my shoulders and I go, I guess it's broken. And, and then it stopped. That's curious. And by that evening I realized, and I had, by then I had, uh, my best friend had, had arrived. And by then we realized that every time I was in a deep state of grief, the hairdryer would go wild. And as I calmed down, the hairdryer would calm down. And as I really got peaceful again, the hairdryer would stop. Wow. And so, again, it was just so obvious that that was Justin saying, I'm here with you. It's, everything's going to be okay. I'm here with you. And that went on for about a year, by the way. Wow. That's incredible. Yeah, that one, yeah, that went on for about a year. And later on, I, I learned how to connect with him in other ways. Mm -hmm. Seems like he was really responding to your emotional states, you know, and yes. using that hairdryer to kind of, you know, let, let, let you know that he was feeling you. He was, yes. Yeah. yeah. It was, it was like a kind of a little hug or a pat on the back. You know, I'm here. Hmm. It's okay. Everything's going to be all right. It's a beautiful story. It's, I mean, I think you're right. Like so many people that have lost. So my, my, my father just passed away a few weeks ago and my um, parents were married for 60 years, you know, mm. and it's like our house is full of signs of my dad and um, my mom, you know, is really connecting with him um, all the time in so many different ways. And I, I just think that it's a comfort to all of us that, you know, mm -hmm. what you said is true. It's like when they, they leave this form, but they don't leave us. Well, that's, that's right. And, and I have to say, I've met people, I've asked people, so has anything happened, you know, after your beloved or your parents or brother uh, uh, have died? Have you noticed anything? Well, yeah, I, I noticed this, but, you know, I wish I could connect with them. <laughs> and they will tell me about these, these things that have happened. And yet they just um, have a hard time because our culture doesn't fully embrace this whole idea. Um, people have a hard time really letting, letting that in. And, um, and the more you let it in, the more, the more it happens. And so, so hopefully one of the messages in my book and the experience of your mother, um, mm -hmm. really in, helps encourage, um, us all to say, Hey, this is, this is really, um, the way things are. This is our spirits really don't 
don't die. And this this can be a comfort to you. And and uh, this can be a more widely accepted experience so that we can so we can let it in. So we can let the experience in. And in other cultures, by the way, um, it's very normal in the Hawaiian culture um, to accept all these things. So it's it's really just cultural. Um, and the more more open we are, the more we get to enjoy that continuing relationship. Thank you. Yeah, thank you for sharing your experience. I'd love to talk a little bit about wine because wine is the you know such a central theme of your life and your book and. And you mm -hmm. and you and Justin were um, the owners of Silver Oaks um, Winery Vineyard, which is one of the mm -hmm. one of the premier wineries in Napa Valley. Um, mm -hmm. How did you guys come to to be owning a vineyard? <laughs> um, I met I met Brother Justin when I was a student at UC Davis, and he was finishing his master's degree. As a Christian brother, he was actually studying um, winemaking and, and grape growing there so that he could run Christian brothers. And then when he decided to leave, he really wanted to stay at Christian brothers. And it, but it wasn't in their paradigm to have a non-religious, a non-brother be in charge of the winery there. Mm. So while he was a student, though, he had Christian Brothers was making over 40 different kinds of wines and brandies. And, and that was a little frustrating for him. It was, he felt like it was being really pushed into doing more and more by their marketing company and not by what's wonderful. And so he had this opposite reaction. Sometimes we experience things in our life and we go completely in the other direction. And, and he, um, said, you know, I think Napa Valley and Alexander Valley, which is a little northwest of here, the perfect grape for, for these places is Cabernet. And that's what it should focus on. And that's what I would like to do. I would like to start a winery that's just a Cabernet winery. So he had this idea just as he was leaving the brothers, an idea that had been forming and growing inside of him for a, a little while. And it just so happens another synchronicity um, that he met about that time in between when he left the brothers and we were married, he met a guy named Ray Duncan, who is an oil, uh, an oil man from Colorado who had just bought a lot of property, uh, encouraged by a friend of his. And, and he was looking for somebody to farm it. So he approached Justin to see if he would, he would uh, plant his 500 acres to the grapes. And just as well, I, I could, but I don't want to. What I want to do is start a winery. And that, that evening over a barbecue, they decided to, to, um, to go into the wine business together. And um, so Silver Oak, we started... Justin and I thought we were going to do this gradually with, you know, just a few dollars here and there. And having uh, Ray Duncan as our financial partner made it so that we could grow, grow faster and establish um, Silver Oak sooner. And so Silver Oak dedicated to just one wine, just dedicated to Cabernet. And 
and the first grapes were crushed the same week we were married. So we just jumped in right into it. Yeah. yeah. And Ray was Silver, a fabulous partner. It's Silver Oak Cabernet is like sort of famous as a lover's wine, isn't it? It's like somebody, it's like <laughs> used in like weddings and people get engaged there and it's like for toasting, like, I don't know. And, yeah. and I, I feel like, you know, talk about this in your book, that sort of the energy of love that you had together and you had with your family and that you put into the, your winery came out in the grapes. And so that people feel love when they drink your wine, which I think is such an I, excellent form of alchemy. <laughs> yeah. I really felt like that. That was true. People say, well, so how did you, how did Silver become so, so famous and so popular? And I think I, it's just the reverence that we had for, our employees and for our purveyors, for our distributors, for our customers, and, and and the love for what we were doing. I really felt feel like it infused the wine with uh, that that the wine ended up being infused with with the love. And um, when you're passionate, it doesn't matter what you're doing. It doesn't have to be wine, you know. Uh, whatever you're doing, if you're passionate about it, and you pour your own love into what you're doing i think it just makes life so much better and and um and people can feel it mm. people can feel it and what wisdom do you think that you have for you know you talked in the beginning of your book about how some people are very blocked from love very blocked from passion um what how could you advise somebody who would like to have a love affair like you have or a love affair with life, with wine, with their life purpose, with their life partner, all the ways that you've been able sort of stunningly and miraculously that you've been able to engage in the world on all those levels and with your children, like it's every aspect of your life has this passion and love to it. What, what's the secret? How can we do that? I think it's a, it's another spiritual principle. Um, so there's non-attachment, but there's also vulnerability. Mm -hmm. And and when we are, there's a huge power in vulnerability. We think of it as being not powerful, but it's the opposite. And when we're uh, not afraid to just go for something and to be who we are, that that really opens our heart. I would also say, by the way, that I talk a lot about grief in the book and so many of us are experiencing grief, whether it's loss of a loved one or uh, loss of a job or loss of life the way it was, yeah. you know, six months ago. Um, all that loss, that grief actually opens your heart like nothing else can. That is the gift, at least what I found the gift of grief and right. by being vulnerable and by opening up to these things, um, it allows for the amazing to step in and allows mm -hmm. for that alchemy to transform um, our, our hearts. And so it's beautiful and wonderful advice. I, I, I was, what I was feeling when I was reading your book, it's like, th these are people who love in a hundred, like an unabashed way, a hundred percent without, Mm -hmm. knowing you're going to get hurt, knowing that there is going to be loss and grief and change and yet still giving fully to it. And that I thought it was mm -hmm. very lovely, very inspiring. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah. Mm-hmm. You just do it anyway, right? <laughs> no guarantees, right? You're all going to yeah. be less. No guarantees. And I, I would say, again, in retrospect, fearlessness has served me well. It didn't do so well on the ski hill. I've I, I heard myself a couple of times, but, but, but in, in general, fearlessness is really, um, has really fueled uh, uh, an amazing life. Yeah, Bonnie, you're such an inspiration, direction. and your book, Perfectly Paired, is just lovely. It's so heartwarming and lovely. So how can people find it? People can find it at my on my website, bonniemeyer.com. Uh, uh, you've got it up there. Mm-hmm. They can they can buy it there. They can buy it on Amazon. And then there's a there's another uh, site called bookshop.com, which is an mm-hmm. Amazon competitor. They can also find it there. So it's everywhere. <laughs> That's great. And you also are um, part of a, this foundation that you're working with now that's sort of has very strong ecological um, intentions. Meyer Family. Right. Yeah, Meyer Family Enterprises. You can mm-hmm. find Meyer Family, mfenterprises.com is my, my business website. And if you're interested in regenerative investing or farming, it's all there. I'm still in there. I'm still in the, in the farming business, you know, growing wine is growing grapes, which is just <laughs> farming at the end of the day. All right. Wow. Well, thank you so much for writing your beautiful. And um, I just wanted to say, like, when you talked about vulnerability, just to really applaud and admire your vulnerability and writing so open-heartedly, so transparently mm-hmm. and sharing like so deeply um, your process of alchemy and transformation in the in the relationship that you had with Justin it's really beautiful and I think so inspiring so rare and precious so thank you for writing such a raw and beautiful you, book you you're welcome and wanting to wanting to encourage others to deeper intimacy I realized that I mm-hmm. needed to be right in a very intimate way right thank you so. Thank you so much for being with us on the show today, Bonnie. Thank thank you, Lisa. Great to be with you. Thank you. And thank all of you guys for tuning in and listening. Um, If you want to find out some more about me, you can find me on my website, lisacampion.com. And we are just pleased as punch to have you here with us today on The Miracle of Healing, where we're healing the planet one person at a time right here on Empower Radio. Do you ever feel that calling that you should be doing more with your life? If you're unhappy with the status quo, I can help. My name is Elias Patras, and I'm an intuitive motivator, psychic medium, and motivational speaker. I know that feeling, and on my podcast, Your Inner Voice, I can help you answer that call to step into your life's purpose. I will show you how to recognize and listen to the signs and signals that are all around us and help you tap into your intuition. Join me for the show here on the mindbodyspirit.fm podcast network and wherever you get your podcasts. Let's connect, educate, and grow on this journey together.